0: Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life Podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life.
1: And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher.
0: We have a great episode for you today. David and I have had some hands-on time with the iOS 15 public beta, and we'll share our impressions with you. Plus, we have lots of other stuff to go over. But first, we have a message from our sponsor.
1: So today's sponsor is Withings, and Withings has a wide range of connected health products that are really awesome. I've talked to you guys quite a bit about the Smart Scale, which I love. I've been using it for like 10 years now. Um, So I'm going to mix it up today. I'm going to tell you about their blood pressure cuff, and it is called the BPM Connect. And it's really cool because it makes, for those who are wanting to actively monitor their blood pressure, it makes it super easy. It's a smart blood pressure cuff. Uh, and so all you do is you put on your arm, you push a button, it tracks it, and it puts it in your phone so you can track it over time. Really easy to use. Uh, and all, as with all of Withings products, they're just really well designed uh, and easy to use. So make sure you check it out at withings.com. We'll link to it in the show notes.
0: Next, I wanna tell you about our daily tip newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com dailytips daily tips, you can get a one minute tip each day in your inbox that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone. So if you're looking to brush up on your skills, um, this free offering is really unbeatable. And so I recommend going to iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips. I have a tip I wanted to share with you all today, and that's how to stop your iPhone screen rotation from happening automatically. And I feel like this is one of those classic iPhone problems mm-hmm. that um, that there's an easy fix to that sometimes people don't know about or just like forget to use. Actually, I've been having this over the weekend. I just went to a family reunion and people kept on sending me photos in the messages app that um, the orientation was, it was like to the side. Um, and so every time I turned my phone to look at it, it then like rotates again on me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and so, and of course that's super annoying. So that's the main use case that I use this tip for. Are there any other ones I'm not thinking of? Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> the, what I use it for, it's so silly, but it's when I'm lying in bed, and I, I'm a side sleeper, <laughs> so I'm often lying on my side, <laughs> and I'll be holding my phone, and so because of that, it thinks that I want my phone to be in landscape mode, but when actually what I want is I wanna be able to lie sideways and have my phone in portrait mode. This happens <laughs> totally. to be like a weird amount of time.
0: <laughs> well, happen for reading sometimes. Like, yeah. I like to read on my side too in no, bed, exactly. like on my Kindle app. Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. A lot of times it's social media or something else. or are texting. But. Sometimes
1: I just need to use my phone in the fetal position. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so yeah, if you're trying to use your phone in the fetal position, this is the tip this for you. This is the tip for you. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. So if you in, you go to your control center, so you swipe up from the bottom of your display to get there, and um, I'm pretty sure this is by default in your control center yeah. is that there's the screen orientation lock button and so you tap that and it'll that'll just make it so it doesn't switch for you on its own this is one of those features it's apple um it's a really smart iphone feature that this switches for you automatically like most of the time you want things to to switch orientation based Mm -hmm. on the way you're holding your phone uh so i would not recommend like always having this feature uh having screen lock turned on because most of the time Your iPhone knows what you're trying to do, but it's really nice to be able to override that when you want to. And to turn it off, you always just swipe up for your control center again, and you can tap that and disable it. It lights up when you tap it so you know that it's it's in lock.
1: Yeah, two things. Um, first of all, I was just going to say that, one of the <laughs> tricks of this is, if when you put it on lock, it stays locked. And so you you, sh- you have to remember that and turn it off later. Because yeah. like you said, most of the time you want that when you turn your phone sideways for it to automatically go in landscape mode. So remember if you turn it on to turn it off so you don't just get it stuck. Also, just as a fun fact, really early iPhones had, I don't know if you remember this, the side switch used to do that. It used to lock it oh from yeah. landscape to portrait mode. And they turned it off because like, most people want it not locked and I think the silence, not silence was a bunch better functionality. But early on, that's what that side switch was for.
0: Wow, that's like harkens me back to early iPhone days. Yeah, so this <laughs> isn't, this,
1: is this is an OG tip right here. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. And sometimes we don't share those just because, you know, we're trying to talk about the new exciting things. But I think this is a really useful one. And I thought of it because over the weekend, I was having a hard time looking at my photos. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, exactly. And also, a lot of times it's those simple things that you just forget about. Those yeah. things have been on your iPhone for years and years and you just stop using it. It's good to like remind people.
0: For sure. So next, I wanna tell you about our premium subscription. It's called iPhone Life Insider. When you sign up for Insider, you get a ton of content that helps you master your iPhone. So you get in-depth video guides. We have a full library of them and pretty soon we're gonna have our iOS 15 guide that will teach you all of the new features as soon as the shipping version of iOS 15 is out. So now's a great time to sign up so you uh, get access to that. You get um, also, unlimited access to our live online courses and workshops we're going to have a course on ios 15 as well so you can join weekly sessions and um have an expert instructor teach you how to use ios 15. we get you get a digital subscription to iphone life magazine plus full access to our archive of over 30 past issues and ask an expert is a feature you get as well so you never get stuck on your iphone because you can um contact us and one of our experts will help you find a solution. You also get an ad-free version of this podcast so you don't hear this advertisement (laughs) right now. (laughs) So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount for 10% off your order. Also make sure to check uh, if you are over 60, 60 or over, make sure to check our senior discount box at the end and you'll get an extra discount at checkout as well it's
1: an extra 10 so yes. that would stack and be 20 percent.
0: so iPhoneLife.com life.com slash podcast discount
1: and you buried the lead donna we are launching a live course this month yes true so, so this will be a photos app <coughs> course and it's we're really excited about it because it's actually one of the things we get the most questions about fun fact one of our top posts of all time is how to get photos off your iphone <laughs> uh it, because it's so like the photos app is so powerful now but there's so many complications in managing photos from managing your storage to, f- to backing up to figuring out how to like edit your photos and tags and folders and sharing there's so much this is going to be a really full course it's all o- it's free for insiders so if you take photos if you want to share photos with friends and family any of that stuff make sure you sign up for insider iphonelifecom slash podcast discount
0: so we have a question from an insider we wanted to share with all of you because we thought it would be relevant to, uh, to many listeners. My sister Bev has lost part of her sight. She is not able to make calls, read, text, or call from her phone contacts. She relies totally on her iPhone. Um, is asking Siri to call a contact a possible thing? She has no way to find contacts in her phone and she can no longer drive or read smaller text. She's not totally impaired but could use some assistance. So... I thought this was a really good question because a lot of people, um, whether you are totally blind or are just have some vision impairments, it can make it really hard to use your technology, yeah. which can be really isolating. But Apple actually has a lot of great accessibility features that if you know how to set them up, you can still like, do all the things that you would usually do on your phone. Um, there's also for hearing impairments, there's a lot of features as well. So here's our answer. Thank you for reaching out. Yes, Siri can call t- contacts. All, you know, all Bev would have to say is, hey Siri, if you have uh, hey Siri set up, otherwise you'd press and hold the button, but um, with visual impairments, you probably would want hands-free and say, hey Siri, call and then the name of the contact. Another feature Bev may wanna check out is voiceover, which you can set up in accessibility. Someone else may need to set this up for her, um, you just go to Settings, Accessibility, Voiceover, and toggle Voiceover on, and that from then on the phone will narrate items on the screen. Um, so that makes it you can navigate your phone using voice commands and hearing um, hearing instead of seeing what's happening on your display. Under the Accessibility menu, there's also Spoken Content as an option that has a few options of ways to get to her iPhone get her iPhone to speak content out loud to her. So, wish- wishing you the best of luck trying out accessibility features, and thanks for writing in. Yeah,
1: and I, I definitely want to second that. If you or someone you know has any type of impairment, the Apple really puts a lot of energy into their accessibility features, so you definitely want to check that out. Um, I've set that up for people, and it's it's great. I, I have a random thought for somebody who has visual impairment that I don't know that I've ever recommended this. but. I feel like a HomePod might be nice.
0: Yeah, no, I think that would be nice. Um, Just so you don't even have to, like, remember where your phone is. And, like, I find, hey,
1: Siri is kind of – doesn't always work that well on my phone. But on a HomePod, it works really well. And HomePod, while the accessibility features are really nice on the iPhone, a HomePod is designed for that to be the the interface. You know what I mean? So, like, it's all – Verbal, none of it would require sight if you're using a HomePod. So you might wanna check that out, especially the new ones, they're only 99 bucks.
0: Yeah, I feel like Siri, for for using Siri, the HomePod would be like superior in a lot of ways, but if you are wanting to use third-party apps still, yeah, then you, you're gonna wanna have your iPhone for that. Um, well,
1: and certainly you'd, you wouldn't want only a HomePod, but it might make life a little easier.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we had a comment from a listener that I wanted to, to share with you all too. Last episode, we had a themed episode on should you install the iOS 15 public beta and David and I talked a lot about the pros and cons and risks and things like that. So um, here's a response from someone. We were worried maybe we scared people too much away (laughs) from trying the beta, like maybe made it sound scarier than it really is. But um, this reader, Did not think so. I already installed the iOS 15 public beta. I got it a few hours after it was released, which was not, our our recommendation was like, give it a few days (laughs) here, read online with a buzzer. brave soul. Brave, yeah. Um, I'm now on version two. It's on my main device, my iPhone 12 Pro, which also, (laughs) a lot of people say, put it on your secondary device. But again, we we, um, admire this listener's bravery. <laughs> my iPad never gets the beta. I've used the public beta for years now, and so far, this is the most stable version I've seen, which I also, yeah, we're I, having the same experience. Yeah, I agree, it's very stable. I installed it because one, I always do, two, I was excited to try out the new features, and three, I'm impatient. <laughs> also the same reasons a lot of us. I'm working on resetting my muscle memory when it comes to Safari, but I'm loving the tab groups. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, I. I thought this was an interesting one we usually recommend putting it on a secondary device. The downside of that is that you're not going to use it as much. If you put it on your iPad and you don't use your iPad day in and day out, mm-hmm. you're not going to like really be able to experience the new features as much. That's why I put it on my primary device.
1: Yeah, I agree. I we, we don't follow our own recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, is that it's cuz you want you want the new operating system on the thing you use the most, which is for most people their iPhone. Yeah. And I do agree. I mean, we we'll, I guess this is sort of getting into it a little bit, but like I have had no problems. It's been very stable. So I think Apple this time did a good job of doing a lot of the QA ahead of time so that now, even though it's technically a beta, it's a pretty polished operating system.
0: Yeah, it is. I've had some, a little crashing here and there, but not too bad. And um, I wanted to comment on tab groups too, cause David and I last episode <laughs> were talking about how Apple has now put the search bar on the bottom of Safari, and it's been so long we've had it at the top that we thought that that might like be weird. Mm-hmm. But um, already, I think you were saying you were you were more okay with it than you thought.
1: Yeah, I have mixed feelings. Overall, I I'm not only more okay with it than I thought. I understand the wisdom of putting it there because that's right where my thumb is. It makes yeah. sense. But the thing that kind of annoys me about it is <laughs> when I tap on it, it goes up to the top of the screen, which yeah, makes sense because that's because then you need to make room for the keyboard. But that it's like. I find myself now being confused where it's gonna be because I'll tap on it and then like, I'll go to look at what was in there and suddenly it's moved and I'm trying to find it again. So it's a little bit of a weird UI that that the nav bar moves when you tap on it. But overall, I've found the new Safari to be very polished and I don't mind it on the bottom. Tab groups, I like really am not a hoarder of tabs. There's sort of two types of people in the world, the people who like hoard tabs, I'm like, at the end of each day, I close my browser and I never have anything saved in it. Like I do not like tabs. So I haven't used it, but have you?
0: I wanna hear from this listener or any listeners if they have uh, macOS Monterey beta on their on their Mac. Because I think for me, I'm not gonna really f- like, uh, fully realize the advantages of Safari Tab Groups until they're like synced across my desktop and my and yeah, my iPhone. And I've been true. actually toying with the idea of putting the beta on my Mac. What about you?
1: No, that terrifies me. Like um, I can do it on my phone, but like because I'm working on my Mac, if it starts crashing, I'm just like kind of screwed.
0: Yeah, so I'm a little scared about that too. But Safari Tab Groups, for those of you who don't know, it cluster, you can create like clusters of tabs in that are categorized different ways. Like you could have your work tabs or tabs collected for an upcoming trip or things like that. Um, and it seems useful, but again, I do a lot of my browsing on my computer and not on my phone. And so if it's like nicely synced across devices, which it will be when the shipping version comes out, if you have your phone and computer updated, then I think it will be something I'll use a lot. But so far right now, I've p- poked around with it a little bit, but you know.
1: I I might try it. I, I agree that like having it be a cross platform is nice because like I could see myself having I pretty much every day when I get to work, I'm like, when I leave, I close this. And then when I get to work, I open pretty much the same tabs. Like, I need to check certain things in the morning. And so I could, I think I could see myself enjoying having a cluster of things that just open right away automatically.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think that, that makes sense. All right. So, David and I have decided that up until the shipping version of iOS 15 comes out in September, we want to have a regular section of this podcast where we just give you some updates on our hands on. time with the beta yes so we're gonna this seems like a natural transition to talk about that now we're not gonna do a like, comprehensive overview of every single feature each time but just more things that are standing out right now and we have some fun ones for you today because David and I have been uh, before recording this episode have been FaceTiming each other <laughs>
1: <laughs> from the same office <laughs>
0: from the yeah like going in different rooms and using uh, the new FaceTime features and share play so I thought we could talk about that first yeah so um. Just to give you all an uh, overview if you don't know, FaceTime has had like a really big overhaul with iOS 15. You now, there are some, um, some little things like you now have a portrait mode which worked on my phone and not on David's for some reason. Well,
1: I'm one, fo- I'm one generation back. So uh. our theory is that it's only going to work for iPhone 12 and then presumably the new iPhone when it comes out because uh. I'm on the 11 and it didn't work.
0: I don't remember it being, well, yeah, I guess we should have (laughs) looked at that before we recorded, but strangely, (laughs) yeah, strangely didn't work for him, so maybe that's why. Uh, But this mode lets you blur the background wherever you are and keeps you in focus, so it just, creates more of like a professional nice look when you're on a FaceTime call. And it did, I, I felt like it actually did look nicer. I, cause yeah. sometimes
1: portrait mode can be a little buggy and actually look worse if it's like cutting off like parts of your hair or head. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they did it in a little bit of a softer way than the portrait mode in the camera where, or when you're taking a photo I mean. And so I felt like it, it looked nice and, I, and would be hopefully universally nice. We'll have to test it on me cause I have curly hair. So portrait mode often doesn't work for me.
0: Right, yeah, Um, even if it does like blur some of your hair, I still feel like it might be, for FaceTime calls it doesn't have to be perfect, so it might still be nice, (laughs) but yeah. Um, The other features were that you get a grid view, instead of having that weird thing where your bubbles are like floating and changing sizes, it, you can have all the people on the call in equally sized tiles, which is like a little change that I like. You can now use it on Android phones. We haven't tested that in the office just because none of us have Android phones, but, um, or you can also use it on like a Windows computer, so this opens up the possibilities of who you can talk to a lot. You can screen share, and that was super easy, just like there's a little button in the FaceTime call now, and you can easily screen share with whoever you're talking to. And SharePlay though, we just tested out this morning, Uh, the other FaceTime features I'd tried, but this one was less intuitive to figure out how to use. Like I had to look up how to do it.
1: Yeah, and uh, my major complaint for SharePlay was in addition to not being quite as intuitive, we tried to share music and it only works if both parties have a Apple Music subscription, which I get is like native to Apple, but it's annoying that if that is that a requirement in order to share music, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of times at least one of the two people will not have that.
0: Yeah, so SharePlay lets you have like watch parties and listen parties, whether it's, you can listen to music together and it syncs across devices or watch a TV or movie and, and do the same thing. Um, Amazon Prime has had a feature like this for a while through the pandemic. Um, and this feature, yeah, I think like really the success of it will depend how many different services they end up figuring out to support. We tried it with Apple Music and Apple TV Plus. Sarah has Apple Music, so I was able to do that with her. And then okay. with David, we did Apple TV Plus, And it worked pretty well. It does take like, I would say it was about five seconds to load up, so yeah, was like there was like a bit bad, of a pause, though. but that's not too bad. No. Um, And then the other thing is, uh, we're like, cool, we're sharing a movie on an iPhone screen, but half of it's taken up by David's face. (laughs) (laughs) So it is nice that Apple, I think with iOS 14, introduced a feature where you can swipe swipe the tile off the display and you see like a little handle in the corner, but that way you can still hear the audio and you can get their face back if you want, but like you can get it out of the way Yeah. if your face is blocking my movie.
1: (laughs) I'm so sorry, Donna, that my face ruined your movie. (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs)
0: Um, I think
1: (laughs) the other thing that I would like to try, so maybe we should report back next time, is uh, putting it on Apple TV because then my face won't ruin movies <laughs> if if you have a large Apple TV screen.
0: Because it, it, okay, you can do it on Apple it. TV, right? Yeah, you can do it. SharePlay
1: cool. is compatible with Apple TV, but I think we probably have to get the beta on Apple TV as well. But like really, functionally, I'm never, with or without someone's face, I'm never really watching movies on my iPhone. So the ability to throw it on your Apple TV and still talk to somebody on your phone seems really cool to me, but I want to test that.
0: Yeah. So we have some more testing to do, but I overall, I was like, whoa, FaceTime is pretty transformed. Oh, how you get to share plays, you just have to open one of the compatible apps and then the the option will pop up to share play it. Mm. But I was kind of like disappointed that there wasn't a button in the FaceTime call to do that, because otherwise it's like, you might not remember that that's a feature that's available, even.
1: Yeah, that is a little unintuitive. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I didn't really notice any difference in sound quality. We did a quick call.
0: Oh yeah, the spatial. Yeah, I mean, audio. having
1: multiple people might help with that. But did you notice any difference in sound quality? No, but
0: to be totally honest, I didn't remember to like look out for that. No,
1: I did. I mean, I've, I I kind of was like listening for it. <sighs> the thing is is really what you when you would want to notice it and th- we were just in our office but if you're in like a coffee shop or something like that that would be really notable so we will this is why it is a regular installment we will report back on all of these things
0: yes we will and i i also really wanted to tell you about focus modes today okay, i have too. thoughts on focus modes too have you set it up
1: sort of this part of my thoughts okay so focus <laughs> mode
0: Uh, There are now a few different focus modes and you can set up custom ones too that let you tailor your notifications and home screen depending on the activity that you're doing. Um, So I have one set up for work that blocks text messages from my friends coming in, uh, but does let them come in from my coworkers and also just lets notifications from Slack and Zoom and a few other things like that come through. Uh, Plus I've set up a home screen just with my work apps and I really love it. Okay. Cool. I think that setting it up, like it's one of those things you need to put a little thought into your setup. And you, I, I've already customized it a bit since then in order to get really what you want. But it does help me um, avoid distractions. I look at my phone a lot at work because of the nature of our job, too. <laughs> like a lot of times, I'll open my phone to test a tip or whatever. And if there are a bunch of notifications or important things coming in, that really, I mean saying they're important, things I need to address at some point but shouldn't be addressing then it's just better for me to not even see mm. it. Um, and, and what's also nice is you can set it up to be location based so I have it triggered when I come into work. I don't have to think about it and like turn on my work mode. Yeah and also hour nice. based, I mean hour based I could do too and that would work pretty much as well, but I like it. Then you have to maybe remember to turn it off at lunch. Yeah. Um and so it's nice that it just turns on and no, off.
1: location based is a really good idea. And then yeah. you like if you're doing you know if on the if you have a weird work schedule, like let's say you have a holiday on a Monday, it's not going to turn on, yeah, um so All here right, your was, thoughts. yeah, here are my thoughts. I realized that it sort of stresses me out to not get be able to get calls or like text messages from people mm-hmm. that I don't know, like in general, the people that I get distracted by I was probably going to let through, to, through uh, anyway like I ha- I can't not get messages from my wife cuz she's often messaging me about things that are timely and urgent but the like random people messaging me are usually like things that are relevant like say trying to coordinate like, like I had my accountant call me yesterday and it stresses me out to like not be able to get that so yeah. what I really wanted to do was this I really wanted to allow phone calls and text messages from everybody but set up a home screen for work that hid all of my social media apps and maybe block some of those, but you can't. You have to, like focus mode is really based on the do not disturb ideology where you have to designate who can call. You can't just say anyone can call me. Um, Oh,
0: I didn't even try because I just went like kind of went with it. Yeah, that's weird that you can't you can't like opt out of that part of it.
1: Yeah, and so I was a little bit frustrated because I was really excited for the other features. Like I would have happily blocked things like Instagram and also like set up a work home screen. That would have been really nice. But I couldn't do that. And so I found myself not using it. And then I i was trying to think other scenarios. Like I was like, well, maybe I'll set the sleep one up. But really sleep is kind of the opposite where it's like, I don't want anyone to be able to call me. There's nobody who like I want to see a text message from while I'm sleeping. So it was sort of like that one is really the traditional do not disturb. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I might mess around and try to get like some more clever settings for the sleep one where it like turns on only when I'm at home. So if I'm out, it, but it's like past, cause my do not disturb goes on at 9.30. <laughs> like sometimes I'm awake after 9.30. And so like, I might try to do, do a little clever things with that, but really I found myself not using it. And same thing for working out. I'm like, I don't know if somebody calls me while I'm working out, I'm not that annoyed by it.
0: See, yeah, I need to set up a working out one because I hate when my, <laughs> I hate when like Siri tries to read me my text messages while I'm on a jog or something like. Oh yeah,
1: that. we've talked about this. Yeah. I don't mind it.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Also, oh, yeah, I feel okay. like you get focus a- Focus l- modes is not for you, maybe, but- <laughs>
1: I, I feel like you might get a lot more phone calls and text messages than me. It's like really not a problem in my life.
0: <laughs> I have some group text threads that get pretty out of control that I don't need like a blow by blow while I'm trying to work Yeah, out. that's
1: fair. That's fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, focus was one of them. What do you, like the one that I will complain about is notification summary. I'm not into it.
1: I was excited about it and I was also not into it because it's like I kind of wanted like a nice little like Big visual that gave me a summary. It just was yeah. like, you have 15 notifications. I'm like, cool. And then I just clicked through and viewed them. Like, it actually gave me no useful information at all.
0: And also, if you do end up putting, like, if you don't really, like, basically the summary will send you notifications just at a designated time in the day. Like, you'll have a morning summary and an evening summary, or you could just choose one if you want. And so, it basically is supposed to be for lower priority things that you can just look at one time a day and just not be bombarded throughout your day. Mm -hmm. But if you by accident put something in there that you maybe do need timely notifications on, then you're not getting them. Yeah, It's just sending it to you once a day. And then um, the other ones, yeah, I just have found it to be something I just never really wanna look at. Like mm-hmm. if it's all a bunch of low priority stuff and I'm getting a big, it's like a notification that says you have like 50 things to look at that are low priority, like never feels like a good time yeah. to look at them.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in general, I actually have been pretty ruthless with my notifications. Like unless I want a timely notification from something, I typically don't allow it to give me notifications. Yeah. And so again, it didn't really work that well for me. And I haven't, I, the other th- notifications feature I was excited about, and I think I'm probably enjoying and not really noticing that I'm enjoying, is instead of notifications coming in in chronological order, they now come in, It use AI to like prioritize it based on what interest you think, they think you will have. And I think I am liking that. I just don't notice because I'm not paying attention to be like, this wasn't chronological. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it is
0: better. It it maybe is better. I'm gonna mess around with it a little more and report back to you. But my overall, like my initial impact was like, eh this isn't that exciting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, I feel like we're like, we have like ups and downs on our excitement for iOS 15. And we were like so excited, we're like, everything's so sleek, I love all these new things. And now we're like, oh, here are the drawbacks of each of these things we were excited about. (laughs) But it's still like, overall, I am still impressed by iOS 15. I think it is a really nice polished operating system. They made a lot of good refinements. But as with all these things, there's always gonna be drawbacks, there's always complications. And that's what we're discovering as we get more hands-on and we will continue to complain to you guys each week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One thing I actually we I anticipated not liking that I'm seeing a lot of benefits of is the way that um, media sent from other people shows up in your phone. Yeah, I like that. So um, now, like when I had I, again the family reunion last weekend, I had um, my d- sisters taking photos on their cameras. I was taking them. We were sharing them with each other, texting them to each other, and it's nice the way. Um, they like cluster together, like you see that you have a group of like five photos sent from your sister, you can tap it and see see all of them. Like it's just displayed in a nice way and then it will show up in my photos app too and it'll say from Celesta and tell you the time it was sent. There's yeah. something about that that I actually found nice, even though it's, it's possible someone will text me something I don't want showing up in my photos app. But, you know, the majority of the time it actually is pretty useful and nice. I
1: I found I liked it well. I really liked the user interface in the text message app when somebody sent you groups of photos.
0: Yeah, Um, and there was like the way that you save the photos is like there's a little button you can tap just to like automatic, like just with one tap, save them all to your own photo role. Cause even if you, um, there's a difference between it showing up and shared with you section of your photos app, it'll show you what's been shared with you, but it might not, it doesn't show up in your actual camera role, unless you decide to save it there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I will say I'm now thinking of two bugs I have found. <laughs> the first one is it broke photo sharing for me. Oh, really? Like, Cause I, I, a bunch, I sent my wife a group of photos from this weekend and it wouldn't send her because Weird. I'm on iOS 15 beta and oh. she's not. So
0: this is one of the downsides of using beta software is that it, it isn't always like backwards compatible.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this was one of those examples of it not. I There was an easy workaround. I just airdropped it to her, but like it was because she happened to be sitting right next to me. Um, but that <laughs> yeah. was annoying. Uh The other thing I will say, I don't know if you've noticed this. I've definitely had, I mean, in general, my battery life isn't great, but I think I've had some, I think my battery life is worse than it used to be. It's
0: for sure killing my battery. Okay, so Wait, yeah. like I think probably about around like 3 p.m., my phone's on very low battery. Yeah, which is rough. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and you have a brand new phone. Yeah. That shouldn't be, I, I'm hoping they fix that.
0: Yeah, so it's not great. Um, But, oh, so, other impressions of iOS 15 before we we wrap it up. Um, we're gonna come back like next week. We want to our next episode. We want to talk to you about Live Text. We didn't get to that to, to that today, um, but the Notes app has some features that I've been playing with. But they also are not backwards compatible. Like you can now add tags using a hashtag to your notes, and then you, they're easily searchable that way. Mm. But I was like getting notified as I'm doing it that on my Mac I won't be able to. Search them that way because until I, yeah until I get macOS Monterey, um, but that's nice. I use the Notes app a lot, a lot. So finding ways to be able to like categorize my notes based on different projects is nice. Yeah, that,
1: I I agree. That does sound nice. I haven't messed around with it yet, but I use Notes app a lot too, so I'm excited.
0: Maybe something we could try is and report back on is that you can. Um, you've been able to do this for a while, share notes with other people and have them collaborate, but you wouldn't be able to see things like you could in Google Docs, like someone else is working on it at the same time or see like what they really changed mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be better. So it'd be fun to try that to see if it can compete a little better with Google Docs. I don't Yeah, it, I'm I don't skeptical. mean I'm skeptical. It could be better, but like. Google
1: Docs is Google so Docs is amazing. good at that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, so let's ask you, if you're using the beta, email us at podcast at com and let us know your impressions of, of some of these features that we talked about today or ones that we didn't get to. Yes. We'd um, love to hear. Yeah. All right. So uh, this episode, we wanted to do apps and gear. We haven't talked
1: about apps and gear in a while. We've been really sidetracked with iOS 15 beta. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. what you got? You said you've been testing something out.
0: So uh, I'm staying with a friend right now who is really into running and I've been want <laughs> I wanna run a five K at some point this year, I've decided. Okay. Um and so I went running with her today and we shared I just used one of her Power Beats Pro. So, you know, this is by Beats. It's they're a little less than two hundred dollars or one eighty nine. And they're one of those uh, wireless earbuds that it has like a little like the AirPods Pro, it has a little rubber piece that fits into your ear, but then it also has the like loop that goes around your ear, Mm -hmm. which in general I've like hated the look of those and thought that they're kind of weird and I don't know, I like didn't think that I would like it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound comfortable to me.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those, it's interesting, these are not earbuds that I would have bought for myself, but now I'm sold on them just because they fit really securely in, and I think because the earpiece holds it in, it was less of the feeling that I get with other true wireless earbuds that are meant for working out where you feel really, really suctioned in. <laughs> I've told David this, I don't like feeling like it's like so airtight that I can't really like hear outside properly and feel like makes me feel claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Donna is
1: very particular about headphones. So if she recommends it, you know it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And
0: then the sound quality was amazing. Like okay. I do like I mean, I love the AirPods. The sound quality was way better. Really? See? So, and so for running like I it really helps me to feel um to have like the surround sound get amped up with music mm-hmm, and this definitely. really do- does that. Like it there was a lot of like depth to the sound. The bass was really great it was good see i
1: am interested in the beats headphones because they have the m1 chip right like it works like an airpod works
0: i mean these are these are i think she's had them for a couple years so these specific ones wouldn't have the m1 chip but i think you're right that the newer ones do because
1: my understanding is because Beats is now owned by apple that they built the same functionality in because what i love 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 about my airpods is that the airpods are so easy to set up they always sync automatically, correctly, in a way that like Bluetooth headphones just never work for me. Like Apple, that integration between iPhone and and, like the hardware integration is so good. And so I've been really excited, but like certainly the AirPods are not amazing sound quality. They're just convenient. Yeah. And so I've been curious about Beats for this reason that if I have that, but have better sound quality, I would be really excited.
0: Yeah and and this they're connected to her phone so I didn't have as much time to test out whether they connect as seamlessly as, as the AirPods do. But I did test out the Bluetooth range because I kept, falling. <laughs> I kept falling behind her and um, that was a little annoying. Like if I fell too far behind her, then the music started cutting out.
1: Donna, before we started the podcast, was complaining to me that she, had, she was really tired because she had to run to keep up so she didn't lose her music.
0: <laughs> yeah, I almost died this morning. Um, <laughs>
1: So beats, get it together. It's, yeah, it's really a the headphone The music issue. did help me stay alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean,
0: the range I think was you know sim- it's the same as the AirPods. Yeah. That's going to happen with you no matter what if you have a Bluetooth Bluetooth headphones.
1: Well, I was curious though because I know with um, Air. AirPods, you can h- sync multiple AirPods. So you could have had yeah. two. And I was wondering if Beats did that. But again, she has an older one. But I am. And, I, and she's I'm, an Android user. Oh. So we couldn't do that. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised you ran with her.
0: I know. It actually is a problem at our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the text
1: message groups get awkward. I <laughs> do.
0: Um, so do you have any apps and gear to talk about? I do.
1: So as longtime listeners know, I'm obsessed with smart home stuff and one of my favorite smart home products that i have that i've always loved is Philips hughes uh and they have in my opinion the best smart lights they're not the cheapest uh, but Colin, who's actually doing our smart home article this year had the same experience they just work they're just so easy to set up they're all they always work well for me in a way that a lot of other smart lights are can be kind of finicky so i have they came out with a new smart light that I'm really enjoying. It is a kind of a it's an LED, but it replicates a Edison bulb. Mm. So it's this really nice soft warm light. Amazing! I, have, I want one. I love it. So I, I bought an arc lamp, and <laughs> it was really annoying to like turn on and off because of like the little switch just w- wasn't working very well. Mostly because I set it up and I'm terrible at setting things up. Uh, and so I put in these smart lamps, and so and so now this arc lamp has these Edison bulbs that look beautiful and I can just be like, hey Siri, turn on the arc lamp and it just turns on.
0: That's really nice. And
1: I can adjust the temperature because it's in my, um, it's in my living room where I'm often watching TV so I don't want it that bright so I can be like, hey Siri, turn the arc lamp to 10% and it'll do that.
0: Uh, Because like, I really think it, you know if you're into making your home nice like having the right types of light bulbs like having that soft light yeah. makes such a difference to the mood of a room so having smart lights that that are like that is well really
1: nice. and one of the one of the annoying things two annoying things about smart lights um the first one is they work so much better when you have it in your whole room and I have it in my living room where everything else was a smart light and so like I could set up a whole scene and and, and like control the light altogether with the exception of this lamp mm. so it sort of forces you to go all in the second annoying thing is they're really expensive. Really? It was like $25 a light bulb. For a light bulb? Wow. And so I like <laughs> it was like a $150 lamp and then I spent $75 on light bulbs.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little brutal. Um,
1: so, but it, I Worth love it? it. I love it. It was great. Um I'd recommend it. I also put one I have a little sunroom and so I have one in there. Uh and it's nice with an Edison too cuz you don't even need I didn't have a fixture there and you don't really need it with an Edison light. It just like looks nice on its own.
0: Yeah. That's I like have not ventured into the smart home. I know I'm, I'm train that much. I feel like at one point earlier on I did. I do, I've, and I've gotten into the um, smart speakers. Like I've got the Amazon Echo and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think some of it is like just the installation of it. I and, and like moving around some are my excuses, but
1: it's a good excuse. It really I mean, that is the the two warnings I always give for smart home stuff. And one of these days we're gonna do a smart home workshop for insiders. I know I've been promising it forever. Uh but the two things warnings I always have, number one you already heard, everything's expensive. Like yeah smart home stuff is just really expensive. And then once you start it's hard to stop. <laughs> so then you end up having to spend more and more because you like get one smart light bulb and you're like, well now I need a house. Because okay, this is gonna be a second side one. Uh this is more of a complaint in learning, but I set up a scene where now I can go, hey Siri, good night. And it'll turn off all the lights in my house and lock my front door. That's and so nice. activate, oh shoot, I think I just turned off all the lights for my, uh, my <laughs> wife, sorry. Uh, and it'll activate my security system, all with one scene. Like that's what makes smart homes so cool.
0: That's pretty wild too that you can like you can do it remotely I can do too. it to my wife while oh, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. you guys <laughs> <She's> can like <laughs> play endless pranks on each other. Yeah, but it
1: is expensive and it is, the second thing is is a hassle to set up. Like it really is like, they're kind of, Hue is the a little bit the exception to the rule. that's pretty easy, but in general, even the things that work well, they take a while to kind of get set up.
0: I think that's where I got caught because I did do smart lights um, in a couple rooms, and then it was this like I think unless you have it really set up perfectly so that you can use it all the time, then you end up doing things like using manually using the knob sometimes to turn lights on and off, and then it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, because like yeah. you have to have it switched to on all the time, and then you just control it from your phone. Or, or,
1: or you have to pay for smart light switches, which are right. not cheap. Like yeah, you kind of need to like go all in or, or not do
0: it. Um, or, or try smart hubs or, or smart plugs. That's like a super yeah. easy way to like try a couple little things and it's like no commitment at all. That's what I was gonna say. There's a there's a
1: few that are kind of less committal and easier. I've done that. And so like those I would recommend. Um, so I, one day I will, will go all in and I will do a smart home workshop for you all. But today, Philip Hughes Edison lights are really cool.
0: Cool. All right, so that wraps up our episode, I believe. If you're an insider, stick around. We have some complaints and learning to share with you. But we'll continue to give you our hands-on experiences with iOS 15. I know we talked about it a while today, but there are a lot of features we haven't covered yet, like live text, and um, that's one that we definitely wanna talk about next time. So make sure to tune back in. And we'll also have, as we lead into September, more iPhone 13 rumors for you on a regular basis as well. Uh, so an email us, podcast at iphonelife.com, to let us know your impressions of the iOS 15 beta, too. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks, everyone. Bye.